When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans, by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands. We always talking Kings hoops. And there's a podcast too with new episodes every Friday only on YouTube. Join the Royal family as we climb back to the top. And if you need some get, it's royalrebounds.com slash shop. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings win tonight 131-110 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. De'Aaron Fox has 29 points, 10 assists. He passes Reggie Theus on the all-time assist list for Sacramento. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to smash that like button down below. And if you would like to join the royal family with Calvin, Vinny, and I, make sure you hit that subscribe button before the shot clock expires. <laughs> That's right. Kings win today, 131-110. Like you said, De'Aaron Fox, another fantastic game. Second double-double in a row for him. Uh, Trey Lyles showed up today in a big way. Yes, he did. It may just be for one day, but Kings fans can be happy today. Kings win, Spurs lose, Lakers get annihilated at home last night. Time for a nightcap. Too bad it was by the... your favorite podcast platform we would appreciate a five-star rating and if you would like to be a part of the show you can always join us live after every single king's game on youtube we're here we're drinking beers that's right i almost forgot and we're talking about your sacramento kings so Kings snap a four game losing streak trey lyles gets the start tonight and uh he performs really big. I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Thank you for joining us. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Calvin, first thoughts on the game? I mean, overall, you, you have to be happy, right? I, I think it it comes with a shade of skepticism in certain areas. Like, for example, Trey Lyles had a fantastic game tonight, mm -hmm. but this was a great matchup for him. And for all the Kings bigs, they really uh, you know, had a serious advantage inside. So is he going to look like that every night? Probably not. Um, you know, this is also a team that's not a great team when they're healthy. They're really depleted. It took the Kings a long time to kind of break away from the pack. Uh, the second half was really good. Defensively, they looked better. Um, I was pleased with that. Offensively, it's still a, a big mix. I mean, the ball movement was good. Sometimes it was too good. There were too many passes that led to turnovers. <laughs> 
they're they're just still figuring each other out. But I think you could take a lot of positives away from this. DiVincenzo's shot finally going down. Trey Lyles playing better and stepping into the power forward role, mm-hmm. which has been, like we've mentioned, a revolving door all year long. Uh, Sabonis and Fox continuing to play really, really well together. Now the, the trick is can you keep this momentum going and keep doing it against better teams than the Thunder, who are missing two of their three best players. Yeah, I see Tanvir in here. What's up, buddy? I heard you got to go to your first Kings game the other night. Is that true? Is that true? Let us know here in the chat. What's up, Jeff? Good to see you there. Christian, yes, it is Monday, and uh, we're having happy hour over here. Bruce, welcome to your first live show. We have a lot of fun here. Feel free to comment, to chat. Um, We're having fun, and we're drinking beers, and we're talking about the Kings. And also want to remind you all, if you do want to buy us a beer, hit that super chat or super sticker button down below. He says, yeah, it was lit ASF. <laughs> That's cool, That's awesome, man. man. I'm happy for you. Wish Cal- we could have been there to celebrate with you. Yeah, Calvin and I are actually going to be going to the Kings-Celtics game on March 18th. Hopefully we will see you all there. We'll be making the trip. We're going to be in Vegas the week before, so we're going to be doing post games in Vegas. And then Friday night we'll be at that game. So hopefully we'll get to hang out with you guys. Not sure what we're doing afterwards yet, but we'll, we'll let you guys know. So, Calvin, main difference I saw in this game, other than the Kings winning, was they started <laughs> yeah. out really hot. I think they were up 13-2 to two at one point in this game. I don't know if this has anything to do with Trey Lyles. Obviously, he played really well, and Mo Harkless has not played well offensively. Uh, I thought it was a good move. It, well, it, it's a great move because of the way that <laughs> he played tonight. Um, and like I said, they really took advantage of – of a big disadvantage for the thunder that they had inside. I mean, I mean, Oklahoma city thunder have very few traditional post-up players or guys with real size that can bang inside with somebody like Sabonis. So it was clear that that was a a focus for the Kings early was to go inside. Um, They actually were telegraphing way too many of those passes (laughs) as the game went on, didn't take advantage of other areas of the court. But it's still uh, – that's you know why Trey Lyles had such a great game. He's a very smooth player, uh, has a good outside shot. He's patient, great pump fake, which we saw over and over and over and over again today. Um, and he used his, his height advantage, his size advantage, to get to the basket and get to the free throw line. So it was a good move to use him in this role. And it just further proves to me that the power forward position this offseason – is what the Kings really yep. need to be focused on. I mean, don't get me wrong. If they have a chance to get somebody like Bradley Beal or you know one of these really top-tier uh, two guards, obviously you're going to take that. But I feel that if this team gets – you keep everybody that's on this team right now, you add a legit full-time starting power forward, they're a much, much better team. Yeah, and we're going to dive in a little bit deeper into the offseason in the next section. We're going to go over salary caps – all that good stuff, um, potential guys that we might want to add. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Three of four for Lyles in the first quarter. He finished the game 10 of 14 from the field. I I thought it was huge for him. His ability to stretch the floor definitely helps out the starters. Yes. Um, But just overall, I am happy about this win. I I am because, you know, the Kings were playing well early. Then the third quarter, I got a little worried. Yeah, that, the first few minutes of the yeah. third was not good. It was like good. three turnovers in the first 90 seconds of that third quarter. Yeah. Uh, the Kings, you know, it was tied at halftime. Um, but, you know, they kind of lost their momentum in the way they were playing. 
they were able to pick it up towards the end of the third and, and stretch that lead out to nine and eventually win the game in the fourth uh, with a big performance by De'Aaron Fox, 11 points in the fourth quarter. But I was a little worried. Oh, yeah. I think all Kings fans were. <laughs> I mean, if they lost this game, you know, who knows what things would have been said on this show tonight. But uh, <laughs> I was texting <laughs> Skip during the game. I was like, Kings suck, dude. They need to pull the plug if they lose this game. Right? Yeah, I think we all would have been saying that for sure. But they, you know, give them credit. They they stuck together. Uh, like I said, the defensive effort, you know, the actual team defense or individual defense wasn't always great throughout the whole course of this game. But the effort was there from start to finish. And that's been one of the big things the big disappointing things about this team throughout the course of this year and for the last couple of seasons. So, and then they finally got their shots to fall in the second half as particularly outside um, and really broke away. I mean, they scored 40 points in that third quarter. That's without scoring for the first nearly three minutes. Yeah. Still end up with a 40 point quarter. Uh, so they, they definitely had it rolling there. Once they were able to get some turnovers, get out and run a little bit um, and kind of turn that the faucet off on the Oklahoma city thunder. Shout out to Matthew here. Thank you so much for the super chat, Matthew. I'm surprised you didn't put 50, 53 in there, or 35. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was like right. $5.35, something like that. But uh, actually, hit us up on Instagram because uh, we have something to share with you. So hit us up on Instagram, at Royal Rebounds. And then also, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. $9.99 from Bruce tonight. We're, bu we're buying some beers. Yes, we are. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Calvin, let's, uh, let's jump here into the box score. Box score looks pretty good today. It As does. As you mentioned, De'Aaron Fox, another double-double, 29 points, 10 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 4 rebounds. He led the way with 41 minutes played. Uh, I thought his, his hustle and his energy defensively on Gilgis Alexander, who also had a great game. <laughs> but still, I, I loved the way that the Kings were playing him. I mean, he's a, just a tremendous player. Yeah, and, and so they made guys adjustments. Are gonna, they made adjustments, and, and people who were – players who are that good are yeah. going to find ways to get to the free throw line and score. I mean, he's a lot like the old James Harden, you know, in that he's so good at getting to the basket, using his, his length um, and his body to draw fouls. It, you're just only going to do so much against him. But the they were blitzing the screens really well in the beginning. They went away from that a little bit. Part of that is because Sabonis gets in foul trouble there in the second quarter, uh, so they can't really be as aggressive in trapping as they, they were in the first quarter. But I thought their game plan towards him was really good. Um, Trey Lyles, big, big first start game, first starting performance here for the Kings. 31 minutes. Uh, he played, I think, 16 minutes in their previous game. Before that, guy hadn't even played more than 10 minutes in a game for the Kings. 31 tonight, 10 of 14 from the floor, 24 points. Harrison Barnes was big in that second half as well with tw finishes with 23 to go along with five boards, two assists, and two steals. And then the bench uh, gave them some really good production tonight as well. DiVincenzo with 14, Di uh, Davion Mitchell with 13, Damian Jones with six, and Jeremy Lamb with five total for the Kings. And as you mentioned, Shea killed it. 19 and 8 at halftime. I think he ended with like 37 and 10 or something. Crazy. He did. And uh, I think I heard somebody call him a superstar. I don't know if it was Kyle Draper or not, but he was like, this dude <laughs> well, is an absolute If he stud. played on a good team or in a, a big market team, he would be a superstar. I, I truly believe that. he's, And he's so young. Uh, this guy, 
the league is in good hands. There's a lot of really good young players, particularly guards. Um, and SGA is one of those guys who's going to make a bunch of all-star teams for the, the remainder of his career here. Yeah, and surprisingly, they actually made it a pretty close game. They're missing six people in this game, including Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, uh, you know, and a bunch of other young talent. Rashawn Holmes misses this game again tonight with back soreness. Uh, I think he was a scratch right at shoot around. Maybe he tweaked it or something because I was watching, uh, you know, the the pregame press conference with Alvin Gentry, and he was saying, "Oh, he's looking good. He's he's probably yeah. going to play tonight." and then ends up becoming a late scratch. I don't think that had anything to do with the Trey Lyles starting position or anything like that. It's just disappointing to see Rashawn constantly miss these games with injuries, uh, and I just feel bad for him, man. I, I really yeah, do. Yeah, and this is a game where he could have really gotten back himself back on track, right, because we've already talked about how the Kings really had a, an advantage inside. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it would have been, I think, a good first game back for, for Rashawn. So hopefully he doesn't sit out again. I also want to give a little highlight to Dante DiVincenzo, 5 of 7 from three-point range tonight. I know a lot of Kings fans have been upset with his shot selection or just the fact that he's been airballing and missing a bunch of these three-pointers. Everyone's making excuses, including us, saying he's coming back from ankle surgery, all that, his shot's going to come back. Hey, he made some shots tonight. He did make some shots. And look, I mean, he's a he's a shooter. Uh, you know, these, he was bound to have one of these games at some point. The guy is is a, a solid pro. Like I, I would like to see him maybe look for a mid-range shot a little bit more. I don't know if that's a product of the coaching or the playing style or, or it's just him uh, you know, not looking for that shot. I'd like to see him maybe try to get himself going earlier on in a game with a mid-range shot or two. But uh, he was very effective to, for them tonight. A plus minus of 20, plus 20 tonight. So. Yeah. And he was part of the closing lineup too out there. Uh, because he, we know he's going to give you really good defense, right? So if he's on offensively, he immediately becomes somebody that you really like out there playing alongside Fox and Sabonis there in the closing minutes. Yeah, we're going to give another shout-out to Alfie here, a 12-pack. Thank you, buddy. Much appreciated. I'll mm. drink to that. Oh, man. The beer's a little flat, but it's not bad. It's been in the kegerator for oh, too yeah, long. It helps I think. when you don't pour it on your shirt, though. <laughs> everyone's like nice shirt Cal nice shirt yeah. oh yeah watch me spill something on it it's even better now a couple things that really stood out to me and we're going to talk about the team stats here in a second Kings had 30 30 assists tonight in the game yeah I heard Katie mention the Kings are seven and one this season when the Kings have over 30 assists that's huge uh, I think bringing in a guy like Sabonis is just going to continue to propel them towards having higher and higher assist games, uh, getting rid of guys like Buddy Heald. I, I hate to always be <laughs> hating on Buddy Heald because I really do like Buddy Heald, but I'm glad the turnovers are gone from him and we're bringing in yeah. guys that can actually pass the ball and there's a flow to the offense. It's not just one shot, chuck it. Uh, some people would say that Dante's been that guy, but I really don't agree with that. So 7-1 when the Kings have 30-plus assists on the night. And the Kings are one and one on this five game road trip. So, you know, we talk about how big this week is of basketball. And you mentioned the Lakers lost last night, but unfortunately, they, they lost, lost to, to the, Pelicans. the Pelicans, who were in a race. If the Lakers with. keep losing, that opens up another playing spot also. That's true. So. And the Spurs lost to the Grizzlies tonight. They did. Did you see the highlights from that game? I know you're going to talk about John Moran's dunk. Oh, there's two moments. Yeah. There's the John Moran dunk. 
And then there's the, I think it's like right before halftime where Steven Adams catapults this pass all the way oh, across yeah, yeah, the court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Morant catches it in midair, just flings it, and it goes in for a buzzer beater. He is must-see TV. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he is He is really incredible. But the Kings are officially 23-40 and 40 on the season. We have 19 games to go. The Kings, if they're going to make the playoffs, they need to make a push here. We got Peja turned around. Calvin, let's go over the team stats, and then I want to talk about your uh, your king of the night. Well, man, I hadn't even thought about that yet. That's going to be a tough call. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's really anything that stands out to me so much in the team stats. Uh, you know, they the rebounding has just been really great since they've gotten Sabonis. I keep looking at that usually first. Fred, thank you, Fred. Much thank appreciated. You, Fred. Cheers. 46 to 38 tonight for the Kings. Uh, they they dominated in the paint. You know, again, <laughs> when this team scores over 60 points in the paint, Charlie, you're out of they control. Win. More often than not, I don't even know what Charlie said. <laughs> nice. It was a dirty dunk, man. It, it was. It really was. It was. He took off of him like outside the key. I know, and he just cocks it back. Yeah. It, yeah. it was great. It was. A I really, wish I could really do that. That's me at the trampoline play. park. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, looking at the team stats, like I said, it, when you see the Kings win by 20, I mean, this is what you would expect to see. Over, attacking the paint, really, really high scoring uh, inside, um, not just from the fact that they had the advantage with the bigs, but from De'Aaron Fox as well. 30 assists, as you mentioned, they, they already had or they have a phenomenal record when they reach that number. Um, they didn't shoot tremendously well from outside, but they shot over 55% from the field overall. So it, it was a solid all-around game. They made enough stops defensively to to get themselves not just build a lead, but win going away yeah. at the end there. I'd like to see a little less than 17 turnovers. That's a lot for me. Yep. Um, but when you're yep. assisting the ball that much, you know, I'm okay with that ratio. But I'd like to see them cut down a little bit on the turnovers um, I love the points in the paint tonight. The Kings uh, dominated in that category up by 12. Yep. Um, also out-rebounded the opponent. And then field goal percentage, 56% for tonight for Sacramento as opposed to 46 for Oklahoma City. The Kings seem to win games when they shoot better than the other team and rebound. It, they have to come together. We've seen games where the Kings like were like, how did the Kings lose this game? They shot 40 or 45% from three-point range. They shot 55% from the field, and they lost the game. And it usually comes down to rebounding. Now that they brought in one of the best rebounders in the league in Sabonis, I feel like if the Kings are able to dominate in field goal percentage and rebounding and cut down on those turnovers, they're going to win a ton more basketball games. Absolutely. And – you know, for me, again, it just comes down to how many stops can you get. And, and you're right, rebounding is definitely a part of that. You have to finish a, a closed-out possession with a rebound. But Yeah. What's up, Dab Rab? No dabs tonight. No dabs you, just, tonight. you just rab rab right now, I guess. <laughs> What's up, Richard? Shake my head. <laughs> oh, man, we're having a lot of fun here. So, Calvin, I want to talk a little bit about um, – DiVincenzo. I, I know I just briefly mentioned him. Sorry, I said five of seven from three-point range. Four of six. Five of seven from the five field. Five of seven from the field. I just love this guy's energy on the court. He's just like a ball hog. He just constantly is going after the ball. Uh, he doesn't give up on plays. Like For me, I can see 
the offensive player getting frustrated by how much this guy is just hounding him and he's all over yeah. him. And, you know, we didn't see it tonight with, with, uh, with Shea, but normally when you have a player like this that you can kind of sick on a best player or, or a ball handler, it really takes them off their game. And, you know, considering he's had the ankle injury, we've talked about that. It seemed to be affecting his shooting. Uh, it, it certainly doesn't affect his attitude, his energy. Um, I, I could only imagine if he's getting better and better on defense. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, this, you know, when when they when the Kings make these deals and they bring all these guys in, this is what you would expect to see, you know, as a fan. This is the type of play. Um, maybe, you, you know, you're not going to expect them to win by 21 points every night, but this, just the way that they play um, night in and night out, this is what you would expect to see from this group of players. So, that, like we said, the, the shots are going to fall eventually. It's just like Davion. You know, we talked about his shooting struggles early on in the season, and, and we kept saying, you know, just give it time. He's going to start hitting shots. Same thing for DiVincenzo. Um, so if they can combine that with – this ability to play solid defense late in games um, and get critical stops in a close game, it's going to result in a couple, at least a couple more wins here for this team throughout the course of an entire season, which is huge. I mean, if you can change, I know it doesn't seem that big right now because the Kings have dug themselves such a huge hole. Yeah. But if you're, if you come into next season and you're able to, to keep yourself around 500 for the majority of the year, those extra two or three wins that you're going to get from playing better defense is the difference between not just making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. It might be the difference between, uh, you know, the sixth seed and having to play in the play-in tournament. So it, it's incredibly important. Yeah. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you in here. And also, I forgot, Mike Monticello, our fan of the week, is here. I see him. Um, Priest reminds me here, Calvin, I forgot about your king of the night. Uh, he says Lyles. I mean, Lyles is a, is a good pick just because you totally didn't expect this game from him, and, and he really changed the course of the game, uh, you know, obviously coming out and being hot right away offensively. He gave them an option, especially for a guy that can knock and knock down an outside shot and take advantage of a size mismatch inside. That's something that the Kings haven't really had in a long time. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't really remember a guy like that on this team and he plays so smooth. I think you could probably give it to a couple different people tonight. I'm going to give it to De'Aaron Fox though. And my reasoning for that is that everything that this guy's been through this season, even when he's played well, people have dogpiled on him yeah. for different reasons, defense, leadership, uh, just the fact that the team is not playing to the expectations that everyone had for them going into this season the trade situation, the way that whole thing went down with Tyrese and him being out with the ankle injury leading up to that, all that stuff aside, the guy really since the trade deadline has showed me a lot more just in terms of his effort. Yep. Uh, the numbers have obviously followed. He's put up great statistical games back-to-back. -back, oh, every doubles month, every month he's improved. Yes, every single month. Yeah. And, yes, Gilgis Alexander had a really fantastic game as well tonight. But they battled the two of them all night long. Uh, they got him into foul trouble. Uh, Fox was just, he was really, really good for me. So uh, I'm going to go with De'Aaron on this particular night. 
Yeah, we got Matt George in here. What's up, Matt? Great win tonight. Yes, we are happy about that. What do you think about Mo Harkless? No minutes tonight for him. I think that's kind of weird considering he's I'm he didn't get a lot of minutes in the last game. Um, but going from starting to absolutely nothing at all, do you see anything here? I see uh, the same thing that I've seen all season long. I mean, if you look back at the beginning of this year, the power forward position has been like this all the time. Um, they may be, have thought that they found somebody they really like and is, is going to be consistent for them, but then that person starts to drop off. First it was Harkless, then it was Metu. Um, and now you've got Trey Lyles in there. So I, I'm not actually surprised by this whatsoever. I think Mo Harkless only played 13 minutes in both uh, the two previous games before this as a starter and was really, really uh, non-effective offensively. So they've been trying to find an answer for this position all year long. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, that uh, you see a new lineup or a new rotation tonight. I want to give another shout out to uh, someone that left us a comment this morning on one of our past lives. His name is Tyler Durden. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, I have heard of him. But he says, I made almost 24K this year literally betting the Kings will lose. This channel has helped me on occasions. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. Thank you. We're not giving any financial advice, <laughs> but uh, you're welcome, Tyler, I guess. And thank you for watching. I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought it was really weird. He, he didn't get any playing time tonight. But, yeah, as you mentioned, the rotations have kind of been like that tonight. And, you know, when you bench him for a guy like Trey Lyles, who <laughs> plays out of his mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Trey had come out the and point? gone 0 for 7 to start this game, you know, he's he's not going to finish playing 31 minutes probably. Alvin Gentry has shown me that he's going to go with the hot hand or they're not always hot, but, like, he's going to go with the guy that's making the most impact on that particular game. And tonight, Trey Lyles had a huge, huge impact on this game. Would you expect the starting lineup to be the same next game? You think he's going to tweak it a little bit more? I, it's a must I win, right? It is a big, big game, yeah. I'd expect to see Trey back in the starting lineup again. I think that uh, it would – it just would – first of all, it would look weird, you know, after the guy comes has yeah. this great game and the offense seems to have more uh, continuity together. Uh, the ball movement was really good with that group of five starting out tonight. Uh, so I, I would be surprised to see him change it up again. But then I guess I could say I wouldn't be surprised because he's changed it all season long. But if I had to put money on it, I would put money on Trey Lyles starting at the four uh, against New Orleans. You know, at halftime, Alvin Gentry's like, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Great move. Sometimes they pay off. Sometimes they don't. True. What's up, Gothin? Glad you are here joining us. All right. Davion Mitchell. Finally got his offensive game back. 13 points for him tonight, 6-9 from the field. I know he only made one three tonight, 25% from three-point range. But he seemed aggressive. What's the difference in him? I, I don't think there was any difference. I mean, look, he, he had a rough game. He only played 12 minutes, though, the other night against Denver uh, and took six shots maybe. So I, I don't see any difference in him. And, and I think that's one of the things that – 
uh, you can really applaud him about, for, especially for a young player in the league, you know, trying to just stay within yourself and trusting what you do well as a player can be really difficult, not just in the pros, in any level of, of the game, but especially when you're a top 10 pick and you're going to hear noise from the outside when you don't play well right away. Uh, but he that's who he is. The guy is like a very calm and composed person who plays with a lot of intensity defensively. Uh, but he knows what he's good at. He knows what he's capable of. And, and I don't think he really tries to do too much when he's out there. He takes good shots. He's good at creating his own shot. He gets to the basket well. Sometimes you have good shooting nights and sometimes you don't. Um, and tonight he, he got some shots to fall for him. Yeah. I'm going to continue with the bench here in, in Damian Jones. I, I love what I saw from him tonight. Uh, I think that call earlier in the game – Shouldn't have been a goaltend. Uh, the ball was yeah. on its way up. Maybe it hit the it glass. They didn't show it a replay, but he had an amazing block later in the game after that, too. Yeah. And it's funny. I was texting Skip, and I was like, dude, maybe Jones is the shot blocker, rim protector they need in the starting lineup. Yeah. Well, but then Trey Lyles but in, in hindsight, has a great game. <laughs> Damian Jones against Denver plays pretty poorly, right? Because he they have big bodies that can match up inside yep. with him. Oklahoma City does not have that. So he was, you know, he, those those were probably some of the easiest blocks he's ever had in his career. And, and it's just another reason why you have to take each game as it is. You know, you can't get too high. You can't get too low. We're not all expecting Trey Lyles to come out and average 20 points a game for the rest of the season. Um, I'm not expecting Damian Jones to have to average three blocks a game for the rest of the season. They did. They took advantage of a good matchup tonight and they won this game now what can you do about it going forward how are you going to build off of this yeah I agree with you <laughs> and you're right you know sometimes you do have to pump the brakes a little bit because tonight you were playing one of the very few teams in the NBA that has a worse record than Sacramento right and as I mentioned they had six guys out with injury so yes there are going to be guys that look good on this Kings team and one of the reasons why I'm so excited to see Rashawn Holmes come back is because he's going to be playing against a lot of these second units instead of the the starters that he's used to. So yep. I really hope he can he can make it back soon. A couple more guys I want to talk about, Calvin, and then let's move on because we have a ton to talk about. Uh, we're not talking about the Fox NFT today, but uh, we're going to be talking about starting lineups. We're going to be talking about cap space in next season. I got an awesome quote from Alvin Gentry. And I also want to talk about uh, Isaiah Thomas and DeAndre Jordan. And I know you wanted to wish a happy birthday to somebody as well. I did. But we can we can wait on that. Well, yeah, we'll wait on that. If you guys know whose birthday it is, uh, it's a trick question. But let us know in the <laughs> chat. All right. So Harrison Barnes, 34 minutes tonight, 6 of 12 from the field, 23 points from him. Uh, I saw an interview with one of the coaches. I don't remember exactly who it was, but they said, how do you feel about Harrison Barnes? Are you ever upset with him? And the quote was, I'm only upset with him when he doesn't shoot the ball enough. Yeah. That's the only thing. You know, I, I thought he had a great game tonight. We've, you know, felt like he's disappeared on certain occasions this season. And other times we felt like he's been the most consistent of all the Kings players it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet for him, but I thought he had an excellent game tonight. He did. He's played, for me, he's played fantastic ever since the trade deadline. I mean, I really 
have a hard time finding areas of the game where, I, like you just said, where I'm disappointed with what Harrison is doing out there. He, he came alive there in that end of the third, fourth quarter when the Kings really started to break away, hit some big threes. Uh, but the, the guy's just so consistent in how he approaches the game. He's, he's great at attacking the basket. I think he is a great piece to have with somebody like Sabonis because he moves mm -hmm. off the ball really, really well. He's very adept at cutting, um, knows when to and knows where to, all that stuff. And he sh is a great free throw shooter. He's a he's physical player um, who is really good at drawing contact, getting the line, and then, of course, knocking down the free throw after that. So... Um, I know we've all kind of, like you said, maybe wanted to see more out of Harrison at times this season. Um, but I think the current roster is better suited to him right now without having Fox and Tyrese out there. There's more touches for him to go around. So it, he's playing really, really well right now, and they're going to need him to play at that level down the stretch here if they're trying to make some noise in this playing tournament. Yeah, and as you mentioned, free throws are huge. 10 for 11 from him tonight and 8 of 14 for Fox. When the Kings are aggressive, when they're getting to the free throw line, good things happen. One thing for me about Barnes and Sabonis is they both don't look very strong, but they are both incredibly strong guys, right? Like yeah. they're not LeBron James body type, huge yoked guys, but they are both incredibly strong. LeBron and I, <laughs> thanks Vinny. <laughs> and I love it when they work inside. So uh, good, good game by Harrison Barnes. And a good game by Sabonis. I saw Matt here in the content uh, in the comments. He said DiVincenzo had a sneaky good game. Sabonis had a sneaky good game tonight. Only 14 points, but 16 boards, seven assists, seven of eight from the field. Eight turnovers is not good, but he was banging yeah. inside. He was always involved, and uh, you know his presence has been sorely missed for Sacramento. Just the guy that's inside fighting a rebound that they would have no shot at. And he is able to knock it back to somebody or get a hand on it. It's much, much needed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this guy, if they weren't doubling him as soon as he got the ball, he would have had probably 30 points tonight. I'll say because he, there was nobody that could stop him inside. Um, so immediately, as soon as he touches the ball, Oklahoma city's doubling him. Some of those turnovers actually are not – I wouldn't really put them on Sabonis because the, the guards outside were throwing some really, really telegraphed terrible passes inside to him um, that were either taken right out of his hands or he catches the ball and turns right into the double team, stuff like that. So some of that is not his fault. Um, but, yeah, he, he was – he was the same, you know, simp, uh, solid Sabonis that they've gotten from him every night, really, since he's been a member of this team. Another near triple-double. He's been three or four assists away from a triple-double, like, every single yep. game so far. So Baby Joker. Yep. Charlie's got a good uh, comment here in the chat. Fun fact, Marvin Bagley has scored more points with his offhand this season than Tyrese has scored with his offhand his entire professional and amateur career charlie i've never met anybody that keeps track of people's offhands <laughs> like you do i i mean that in the best way possible it's really really a cool thing um but you, i've never seen anybody pay that much attention to it it's wild and that segues us into <laughs> off night happy birthday oh yeah uh, yeah, happy birthday, Tyrese. I'm wearing the old NBA Jam. I guess you can call it old now because he doesn't play for them anymore. Yeah. NBA Jam 
uh, Fox and Halliburton shirt. It is not actually his birthday, as I'm sure a lot of people know. He was born on a leap year, so his birthday is February 29th. Yep. Um, but he gets to celebrate it today because there is no February 29th. This yeah, year. he's almost five, right? Yeah, something like I think he's almost six. Almost like he six. He will be, yeah. yeah. His next actual birthday will be his sixth He'll birthday. He'll be six years old. <laughs> oh, man, that's ridiculous. That's funny. My mom's old boss was had that same birthday. And was just like, I'm 12 years old. And you're like, no, you're not. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Shut up. Shut up with that. All right, Calvin, let's touch on your keys to the game, and then we'll move on. Well, key number one was guard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Guard the three. Or sorry. Where am I here? Yeah, you're right. Key number one was guard the three, which they did a pretty good job of that. I mean, the the Thunder had some open looks from three, but for the most part I saw uh, some good closeouts. In yeah. the, and Oklahoma City, who's not a good three-point shooting team overall. So, again, that's another thing you, like, take with a grain of salt. But they only shot 31% tonight. Keep talking on defense. I, I thought that the – the rotations, the communication were a lot better tonight from this team. It's not perfect, and it's not going to be perfect probably for a while. You know, this team, this group of guys needs an offseason and all that stuff to go mm -hmm. through first before you really make your final determination of what they're really going to look like as a team, both offensively and defensively. But it was better tonight, I thought. Uh, and then number three was anybody – but SGA beats you. It should have been the other way around. Only <laughs> SGA can score, nobody else. <laughs> but, hey, uh, like we said at the top of the show, got, dude's a phenomenal player. Um, the Kings, I thought, did, uh, did a good job of having a solid game plan and executing it to a, a degree. They, they were making it really difficult on him. But he's great at getting to the basket. He's great at drawing fouls and gets a ton of easy points at the free throw line. So that's why you have a guy like him or like James Harden to where you're, you look down and the dude has 30 points and you're like, well, I haven't really seen him make that many shots. It's because he gets to the free throw line so easily and he converts at a high rate there. So that's all you can really ask of the top tier when you're playing against the top talent in the league, right? Guys are going to have great games. You just have to try to make it as hard as possible on them. And I thought the Kings, for what the Kings are defensively, they did that tonight. Yeah, and I saw some pretty decent rotations for them at certain points in the game where they were communicating and they were getting each other's back. So, you know, all good stuff there. But I'm going to say it again because I don't get to say it very often. Kings win tonight 131-110 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you're enjoying a beverage tonight, 
and you need to break the seal, here's your chance. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we return, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crown. Welcome back. This is Around the Crown. We're talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond. Join the Royal Family by hitting that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, please smash up that like button, especially if you are a Kings fan. Well, Calvin, we got a bunch to talk about here. But first off, I just want to jump right into it. I want to talk a little bit more about this starting lineup. I know we saw Trey Lyle start tonight and he absolutely killed it. I just want to hear your thoughts on this starting lineup for the rest of the season. Are you taking it game by game? Are you looking for matchups? Uh, you know, I really like what I saw from Damian Jones tonight. I like what I saw from Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, Davion Mitchell's making shots again. All three of these guys have kind of been mentioned or have been in the starting lineup this season. Uh, what are you feeling on the starting five for Sacramento? Uh, I mean... Obviously, you're happy with the starting five tonight. Again, part of that is because of the matchup. But I do think Trey Lyles, you know, this is the first real good look that Kings fans have gotten to see from him. And and uh, he he provides something that none of the other power forwards on this team have. Mm-hmm. And that's – he has an all-around – game offensively at for somebody his size like he's not a take you off the dribble type guy but great pump fake combined with a respected outside shot you know that's not something that Metu has nobody respects his outside outside shot yet Mo Harkless is a very streaky guy as well mm-hmm. um, and neither of those guys use that pump fake to try to get into the lane the way Trey Lyles does as well he, he's also a good mid-range shooter um He's he's just a smart player, you know. We heard it a lot. These new guys on the team, high IQ guys. You saw that tonight from Trey Lyles. He he knew uh, how to pick apart this defense and where to take advantage and, and take opportunity take the opportunities that were given to him. Um, and part of that is, you know, he's a veteran player. Uh, he's played on some really really good teams before, uh, but he also you know has some some uh, skills and, and abilities that maybe some of the other power forwards on this team don't have. So whether or not that continues to be the starting lineup going forward, I definitely don't want to see it get to a point where we're changing the starting lineup based on matchups again. I think that the Kings really need to try to lock down who their core group of players are going into this offseason. Because mm-hmm. we know this is a huge offseason for Sacramento. They're going to be looking to make some changes again. They just, they're not going to have a huge amount of time, you know, a huge sample size for some of these guys like Trey Lyles, like DiVincenzo, like Jeremy Lamb. So you, you really need to try to n- nail down who this core group of players are um, and who's going to be on this team moving forward. So that that being said, I don't. <laughs> if I were to put money on it, I'd probably say you're going to see a different starting lineup at some point here for the rest of the season. But I think that this is a good group. You know, it's just a, they have a, a really good set three. The question is those last two, and I like Justin Holiday a lot. I yeah. really hope that they keep using him in the starting lineup. And that just leaves that power forward position or the three, depending on what Harrison Barnes is playing. 
Um, so, I, like I said, I expect to see Trey Lyles get the start again against New Orleans. Hopefully he continues to play reasonably well so they can continue to use this same group uh, on out for the rest of the year. Why would you rather have Justin Holiday in there instead of bringing in a guy like DiVincenzo or a guy like Mitchell? If you're building towards the future, you know, we don't really know what's happening as far as this season goes. Yes, they could potentially make the play in or they could just have a steep drop off here and, and not even get close. They could even win games and still miss the play in. But, you know, if, if you're building towards next season, uh, I know Holiday has one season left on his contract. Uh, DiVincenzo is a restricted free agent at the end of this year. Uh, why wouldn't you want to start a younger guy like DiVincenzo or potentially Mitchell at the two and give you something to kind of build off of for next season? Um, well, there's a few reasons for that. Number one, I love what Justin Holiday brings to this team. He is exactly what they needed at the trade deadline, three and D wing. Number two, he's so far been a more consistent shooter than DiVincenzo from outside. He has a great relationship with Sabonis. We already have documented how well mm -hmm. those two play together, not just in Sacramento, but going back to Indiana. Um, and then outside of that, you know, DiVincenzo, if he continues to play well, there's still an opportunity to get him meaningful minutes, like we saw tonight when he was in the closing lineup. Um, and then, you know, in terms of Davion, I, I don't like having – Davion's not a true point guard by any means, but he's definitely the closest thing that we've got on the bench. So if you put him in the starting lineup, especially when Rashawn Holmes comes back, we've all already talked so much about how Rashawn Holmes needs that guard to get him involved, right? Yep. So if Davion's not coming off the bench, you have no point guard coming off the bench for you at that point. I'm not thrilled with DiVincenzo's playmaking so far, I got to watch a little bit more of him, but I, I'm not totally thrilled on it right now. So I would that's why I would keep Davion coming off the bench for the rest of this season. He's not the greatest playmaker either, but he's, the, I would say, the best one they've got in this bench unit. Yeah. What up, Lane? It's all good. You're late. You're not going to get any write-ups here. Thanks for joining us. And I see Dennis here. What's up, Dennis? Yeah, I, I, I like to see – I think I would like to see DiVincenzo in the starting lineup. I would. I just – I love the energy this guy plays with, and I feel like the Kings have started out – yes, they played well tonight early in the game, but they've started out so slow in a bunch of these games, and then you just have true. like an uphill battle to climb I, through I the whole Justin game. I think Justin Holiday's energy has been really good too, though. Yeah. One of six tonight, three points. I know it's just it one game. shoot well. But still. Yeah. yeah. I ultimately think that DiVincenzo will probably get re-signed this offseason. He'll probably get something like $11, yeah, $12 exactly. million a season. He can still be a part of your future And then he will probably be the starter. Playing the st starting yeah. the rest of the season. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I like I like what I see from Lyles. I know it's only one game as well, but I, I really like it. So I'm, I'm happy with him in the starting lineup for right now. In a second, we're going to jump into cap space and available free agents, and then I want to talk about filling that position in free agency. But real quick, so I was watching Alvin Gentry's post-game interview. They were touching back on on like his past uh, experience on different teams in the league and specifically on the Warriors. They're asking him about Andre Iguodala. 
Now, this is a quote from him that really surprised me. He said, Andre Godala has the highest basketball IQ of anyone that he's ever coached. Now, this guy has coached a lot of smart players. He has. He's not the just, only coach that said that about Iguodala either. Just on that Warriors team, you have a ton of players, yeah. not to mention the Suns. Uh, you know, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's very high praise. And like I just said, it it's not, there's more than one person. Very well-respected coaches in the yeah. NBA have multiple have said that about him. It, it's a reputation that he's built over the course of his career. And... You know, it's a reason why uh, one of the reasons why he won finals MVP being mm -hmm. like the third or fourth option on that team. Yeah, he, he won the lottery, right? He got he got the mental and the physical. Yeah. So that, that's great. We've seen too many guys in this league that have it all physically, but they don't have it mentally. And, uh, you know, a lot of Kings fans I know are still upset with Iguodala after he used the Kings for leverage and and the Kings, you know, took back their offer to him. But uh, a great player, amazing. I love watching him in Philadelphia, and, and I even enjoyed watching him in Golden State as well. All right, next up, we talked about in the last game, Fox went under the screen late in the game, runs into Jokic, wide open three. I think it was Monty Morris, wide yeah. open for the Nuggets. The NBA released their referees report, and they said that the refs missed a call on Jokic on that play. It should have been an offensive foul. I mean, it is what it is. Want to hear your thoughts? I wish the NBA wouldn't make these things public, because while there is a re a good reason why they do this, obviously you keep track of this stuff to teach your officials, right? You use it as as a training tool. Um, but in terms of everything else, it makes no difference. All it does is give fans and coaches and players more more of an excuse. Yep. The next time the Kings play with the same officiating crew, they're going to remember that, right? Yep. And maybe they'll get a technical early on in the game because they're already going to be mentally upset because this report was released. You know, it, it just it means absolutely nothing. They're they're not going to go back and play the game again. They're not going to go back and play the last ten seconds again. Mm -hmm. So. While there is a reason to doing this for the team and the and the fans, the general public, it means nothing other than it just gets us all riled up. That was a huge, huge moment in the game. It was a huge moment yeah. in the game. But again, it's, it's unfortunate. It, we're not going back and changing it. Yeah. So now, it's, now we're just talking about how pissed off we are <laughs> and how, oh, I knew I was right. That was a foul and blah, 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 blah. So let sleeping dogs lie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. In other news, the Lakers continue to suck. Uh, they <laughs> lost last night. They got completely destroyed. Uh, I think Anthony Davis is out for like another four to five weeks now. Today they waived DeAndre Jordan. He becomes available. I know there's a few teams that are interested. I think number one is Philadelphia. They're missing a backup center since they traded uh, Drummond to Brooklyn. Yep. Should the Kings try and make a move for DeAndre Jordan? We talk about they need rim protection. Uh, you talk about floor spacing. This dude is not <laughs> anywhere close on that map, but he does a great job of protecting the rim, and he can stretch the floor vertically. Um, he's definitely not anywhere near the rim protector that he used to be. So if that's your best attribute and you don't do it anywhere near as well as you used to, I'm already losing interest. 
Not to mention the fact that you sign him to this team, you can basically kiss Damian Jones goodbye. I, I don't know. Or DeAndre Jordan's going to get signed and never play like Tristan Thompson. And then you have Rashawn Holmes coming back. What do you do with him? So yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me to sign DeAndre Jordan if you're Sacramento. I think the Kings are a complete long shot to even get him. But if, if Monty's serious about making the playoffs, why not? I just don't see how he helps you make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't even see how many minutes a game he gets. Yeah, it's crazy how far he's fallen, right? Like it was he was great on those well, Clipper look, teams. I mean, as you age, the the reason DeAndre Jordan was great was because of his athletic ability and his he has great timing. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good shot blocker. But you lose a little bit of that leaping ability, which is also the only thing he does offensively is catch lobs. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you regress back to a guy. I mean, at his peak, he averaged, what, like 15 points a game? And that's all from lobs from Chris Paul. If the Kings Chris Paul's had, not on this team. If the Kings still had so, Halliburton, would you think second about this? No, no. Because he's great at throwing the lob. I think DeAndre Jordan is, is, well, he's well past his prime. And there's a reason why he's bouncing around from contending team to contending team and not playing many minutes on them. Yeah, I could see that. All right. Also, De'Aaron Fox passes Reggie Theus for assists in Sacramento Kings history. That's a big milestone, especially for a guy that's not really known for passing the ball. He is a good passer, but if everyone thinks about De'Aaron Fox, they think score first point guard, right? Yeah. So that that's pretty amazing. All right, next up, Isaiah Thomas. I'm going to pull up these stats here I saw on my phone. Has been absolutely killing it in the G League. I don't know how many times we've talked about Isaiah Thomas this season and him potentially returning to the NBA or returning to this Kings roster. But he's played three games in the G League for the Grand Rapids so far. In his first game, 42 points, eight assists, six rebounds. Second game, 45 points, five assists, three rebounds. And his third game, 46 points, seven assists, five rebounds, and nine threes. How do you feel about Isaiah Thomas? I, I know you don't want the Kings to sign him or anybody else <laughs> at this point, but do you think he'll make it back to the league this season? Oh, man, that's tough. This season? He's playing um, incredible, man. He really is. He seems like he well, is look, healed the, from that hip injury or whatever it was. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he also has played games in the NBA this season, and he didn't put up 45 points in any of those games. That I'm not trying to disrespect Isaiah Thomas, but – yeah, guys like that are always going to dominate in the G League. I mean, how many people had even or forgotten who Lance Stevenson was until the Pacers <laughs> called him back up? He was dominating in the in the G League. You know, 30-point triple-doubles left and right. I think he was playing on the same team as Isaiah Thomas, actually. So and he's back in the league. When you're I know, but that's all I'm saying is guys like that, you put them in the G League, they're always going to put up those numbers. Because they're better than that level of competition. The question is, is he good enough to be a meaningful rotation player still in the pros? Um, and he, he hasn't really gotten much of an opportunity, but he has played games for the Lakers this year. He played games for the Mavericks this year. Uh, and he, he was, you know, average, to say the least. And, and it's tough, you know. Those are difficult circumstances when you get called up on 10-day contracts like that. But... He 
he's got a chance to be called to get picked up by a team this year. I think it's probably going to have to take an injury in order for that to happen. But you know, we've seen it, we've seen it a lot. Teams are, are going to need guys down the stretch. We used to have COVID as an excuse. You, you don't see that very much recently. I don't know what happened there. But uh, um, I, you know, I just I would be surprised just because there really aren't that many games left. So, like, all the teams that are going to want to call somebody up from the G League are teams that are making the playoffs. There's no point to some of these bottom-dwelling teams doing it now. Yeah. And I, I just don't see a team, a contending team, trying to mix in a guy with 15 games left for a playoff push. What about the Lakers? Uh, and the reason I say that, he's played with them before in the past – and they waived DeAndre Jordan. The only reason you end up waiving a guy this late in the season is probably creating a roster spot to bring in somebody else. There, there is a report out there that they're planning to sign DJ Augustine. Okay, so they're swapping one that. DJ for another. Okay, um, and he fills that point guard role. Okay, better DJ, huh? Maybe his set's over. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on here. Um, let's talk about the off season. Vinny, can you show my screen? All right, so on the left here, we have the player, then the middle column, 2021-2022, which is the current season. And then over here, we have next season. The projected salary cap for next season, I think, is 120 or $121 million. So you look down here at the bottom. So Jeremy Lamb is a free agent at the end of the season. Josh Jackson is a free agent. This is a, in green here. This is a qualifying offer. If you were to issue a qualifying offer to Dante DiVincenzo, um, Trey Lyles, I think red is a team option. Take a look here. Yep. Team option for Trey Lyles, a team option for Metu. Damian Jones is out. Ramsey and Woodard were already cut. Keita is a player option. It's looking like the Kings are going to have about $19 million in cap space. Depending on what happens with uh, DiVincenzo, if they were bring were to bring back a guy like Damian Jones, stuff like that, they have some money to play with here. So, we mentioned a four is much needed on this roster. Monty McNair has said that in his uh, press conference that he has his draft pick and he's going to do whatever he can to bring more more talent on that team. Now, if players are available by trade that's good but you can't trade for a player no matter how hard you try if they're not available so let's look here to the free agent market these are all the power forwards that are available currently or will be available either unrestricted restricted uh, or have player options is there anybody you like on this list? I got Thaddeus Young here, Torian Prince, uh, Robert Covington, Montrez Harrell, Marvin Bagley, Jamichael Green, P.J. Tucker. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys on this list. Anybody that, that pops out to you? Well, I, I like some of those players. I don't like any of them necessarily as the, the long-term starting power forward. I mean, I, I think there's definitely value to si to bringing in somebody like a P.J. Tucker, um, you know, who could space the floor in the corner. Very, very competitive defensive player. Getting older, yes, but championship experience, all that. You know, he, he's got things that the Kings could use. But I don't like him as the starter. Uh, I forget some, you know, Torian Prince is another one of those guys who's like, 
you know, he fits the three and D model, but how consistent has he been really? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, you know, necessarily see him as a, as a long-term starter there. So I, I think that this position is better off getting filled by a trade than trying to sign one of these guys in free agency. Are you talking about John Collins? I'm talking about John Collins or Jeremy Grant or, you know, any of those names that we've mentioned over the past two or three months. Um, I'm not saying I like one of those guys more than the other. John Collins, I think, is is somebody that the Kings should really take a, a serious look at. Uh, I don't know what it's exactly going to take to c try and get somebody like him, but mm -hmm. if the Hawks, you know, continue to fizzle out here at the end of the year and maybe they don't even make the playoffs or the plan altogether, they might be looking to make some big changes anyway. So Yeah, I think they're in the 10th spot right now in the yeah. East, which, you know, normally <laughs> the East is much weaker than the West. You're looking, no, we're fighting anymore. for the 10th spot, <laughs> and we're like seven wins behind them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think John Collins is the guy to go after. I really think he's got to be the top target. And, uh, I think he would play amazing next to Sabonis. I think he'd be great in transition with De'Aaron Fox yeah. and some of these other guys. He's not necessarily known as an outside shooter. He has improved yeah. over the course of his career. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I think if you were able to get a guy like him, that, that would be a huge, huge deal for them especially if you can afford giving up, you know, even if it just takes somebody like Rashawn Holmes and their, and your first round pick, whatever that pick may be, you know, you're, you're not, it, it would be sad to see Rashawn go, but you're not giving up a ton. I think in that deal to acquire a guy like John Collins, who has crazy, crazy potential. Yeah. And he's young too, right? Yeah. We talk about guys need to line up age wise, as far as when you're ready to compete and all that. Uh, you look at the free agent class here, I like a lot of these guys, but a lot of them are older guys, yeah. you know, unless you go after a guy like Marvin Bagley and we've already been there, <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't want him back. Um, but yeah, getting, getting one of these younger guys to pair with the young guys that are already on this team and let them grow together right. is, is huge for me. Thank you, Asha. Much appreciated. Thank you, Asha. Ramon says Hawks reportedly want a starter caliber player in a first for Collins. Probably will take some more though. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see. May, we can maybe, give him Trey maybe Lyles. Did, well, yeah, he's a starter for now. <laughs> he killed it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, even somebody like Harrison Barnes, that, you know, I, I don't I, – I, I still have mixed feelings, I guess, on that. But um, Harrison Barnes in a first-round pick for John Collins, I think that's still worth thinking about. Yeah, but then you have a gap at the three. That's true. You do. Not that that's bad. Not, not that I'm saying I, I dislike that deal, but then then you're trying to fill the three. Let's see who, who we have available. It's so weird now. They just group everybody into, like, forwards. Like, some of these guys, I, I don't see Montrez Harrell as a, as a power forward or a wing player. but Yeah, and he's another guy that I like, but, uh, but you're right. I mean, I don't know about playing him alongside Sabonis. That I think they would occupy too much of the same space and – yeah, um, there's a lot more guys available at the three here. I see Andre Godala. We just talked yeah. about him. Obviously doesn't match up age-wise, and he would probably say, hell no, if the Kings offered him another offer. But, you know, I like Joe Ingles, TJ Warren. Unfortunately, he's been injured a lot. Derek Jones, uh, Kevin Knox is a restricted free agent. Uh, you know, there are there are some guys to potentially bring in. 
But it's going to be interesting, you know, and we talk about all the guards that this team has now too. So they definitely need to shuffle some pieces around and uh, figure out exactly where these guys all fit. But yeah. we're moving in the right direction. Things are, are working out pretty good so far. We got a win tonight. I know it's against the Thunder, and I, I'm not basing the rest of the season on wins. If we were to make the play-in and potentially make the playoffs, yes, I would, and I would be ecstatic but at this point, I am not basing the rest of the season off of wins. Uh, I'm really not. Alfie, I'm not sure what you're trying to say here. After the first round of games, where were the Kings standings? I'm not sure. I, does that make sense to you? I'm not sure I understand either. Clarify that for you because we, we, we would love to answer your question if, if you do have a question there. Yeah, it, it's going to be an exciting offseason. I, I can't wait for the, the draft lottery. Did we figure out what day that was? Um, no, yeah, it's only like in May, right? No, it's in June. Isn't it? I thought it was like right before the playoffs start. Or I don't know. I can't figure it out here. June 23rd. Yeah. That's the NBA draft. But when is oh, the draft okay. lottery? If you guys know when the draft lottery is, let us know. I can't find it anywhere. I'm weird. Oh, May 17th? May 20th. There you go. Oh, it says here May 17th. I don't know. Somewhere around those dates. But mark that week on your calendar. Because <laughs> it's got to be around there somewhere. Thanks, Ramon. Appreciate it. I think Calvin and I are going to do a, a draft lottery party. Um, we haven't decided where yet. Maybe we'll come to Sacramento. Maybe we'll do it here in Maui. So if any of you guys want to come join us, uh, we could do it on the beach. We could do it at a brewery or a bar in the area. We could do something really fun. And, of course, all good things. we will always be streaming it here live on YouTube. All right, Calvin, are we ready to move on to New Orleans? We're on to New Orleans. All right, guys, it's break time again. It'll be quick this time, but when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings' next week of basketball option or uh, action with Kings Crusade. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, a Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their crusade to make it back to the play-in, next up is the New Orleans Pelicans. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you hit that like button down below and hit that subscribe button as well. Calvin, this next game is must-win basketball for your Sacramento Kings. The New Orleans Pelicans defeat the Lakers last night. I think they are two wins ahead or possibly three wins ahead of Sacramento at this point. Kings definitely need to win this game i think they only have two games against the pelicans through the rest of the season so they have to make up some ground here what are your keys to the game well i said on the last show that i may use the same keys to the game for the rest of the season kings win today so i'm going to keep most of them not all of them um i'm just going to stick with defense here guard the three number one Number two, keep talking, keep communicating on defense. I want to see continued improvement in that side of the ball. And look, that that's the story with the Kings. Uh, if they mm -hmm. they get stops, they have a much better chance of winning. 
And then number three is going to be attack mode mentality right from the beginning. This game is essentially a playoff game for the Kings. It's a huge, huge, as big a game for the 13th seed in the Western Conference as you can possibly have. You mentioned they, they don't have many games left against these teams that are on the fringe of the play-in tournament. Um, it's a road game, so they can't afford a slow start in this one. They have to come out aggressive offensively and defensively, and they have to look like this is a, a win-or-go-home scenario for me. Yeah, we're not sure when Zion's going to return, if at all this season, but they've brought in some great additions there, uh, you know, CJ McCollum has been he's been killing it he's been absolutely, absolutely shooting it. lights out and uh, Dennis score more points than the other score team Score more points yeah that's a big one that's too. always my key to the game yeah and the, and the Pelicans have now snuck themselves into that 10 spot they are three games ahead of the Kings so with uh how many games are left 19 19, 18, 19? 19 for Sacramento th- yeah Back three games with 19 to go. That's there's enough time, but time is that window is shutting very quickly here. So a loss in this game mm-hmm. is going to be very very detrimental to the Kings' playing chances. And it looks like I'm looking at the standings here. It looks like the Lakers could potentially fall out as yeah. well. They're only yeah. two wins ahead of the Pelicans. How crazy would that be? I'm still hoping for Kings Lakers in the play-in. Uh, Nothing would make me happier. Maybe an NBA championship, but uh, there's not a lot of things that would make me would happier sweet. than seeing very, the very Kings sweet. eliminate the Lakers in the plan. And honestly, you know, you look at all these teams here, the Kings probably have their best chance in the plan against the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Because all these other teams are, are, you know, they're all dealing with injuries at this point, but the Lakers are definitely reeling. And uh, I don't know how motivated LeBron James is going to be to play against the Sacramento Kings in the play-in yeah. with nobody on his roster. Yep. And, and this this game and the next game against San Antonio, you know, we have mentioned how important they are for the Kings this week, you know, as they try to close out the season. It's eerily similar to last year when the Kings still had a chance at the play-in tournament and they had a game against San Antonio. They ended up getting worked in that game. I forget what the final score was, but they they pretty much fell apart after that and, and were out of playing contention after that game. So th- this game and the, the next game against San Antonio, very, very similar feel yeah. as last year. Gotham says Vinny Squatch is flying everybody out to Hawaii for the draft lottery. Yeah, uh, Mike is asking for the Royal Rebounds private jet, so we got to get that up and running i guess guys we're so close to releasing the vinnie squatch t-shirt i know we've been talking about this for a few (laughs) weeks now but we've just been trying to finalize the the final design we think we came up with something good i think we only have to sell like twenty thousand of them to have a draft party here and fly you guys all out so tell all your friends only twenty thousand that's i think that's a little low actually (laughs) oh man that's so funny i just hope the kings can can make it that would be so cool man if if they could make it and hey if they do we're flying to sacramento to go to that game oh that's right speaking of which i talked to kevin today king's kevin oh that's right shout out kevin shout out uh he's gonna try and get us tickets for the game against the celtics on the 18th so fantastic make sure you guys all come join us in sacramento we're still trying to figure out what we should do post game uh i'm not sure if vinnie squatch is going to be coming or not uh, so let us know down below in the comments what you guys would like to do after the game because Calvin and I 
are are free. Yeah. If you want to grab a punch bowl. Punch bowl, maybe play or, some or uh, NBA Jam. Or NBA Jam, yeah. We've been known to play pool for beers in the past, so watch out. All right, Calvin, I think I'm ready to wrap up the show here. You got anything else you want to talk about? Go Kings. Kings win. Oh, Jay Drew says, one more key to the game, play like you got a pair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put that on your list there. I mean, that's pretty much the same thing as attack mentality and, <laughs> and winner go home situation. Yeah. Grow, oh, grow a funny. pair and, and play like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another Royal Rebounds podcast. It was a great Monday. Kings win. Paige is happy. Make sure you guys smash up that like button down below. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We uh, made it past 1,100 subscribers this week. Yes. So thank, thank you guys you, thank you, so thank you. much. Uh, and check out our team store on royalrebounds.com if you guys want to support us anymore. We will catch you all on Wednesday after the Kings uh, beat the Pelicans. Right, Cal? That's right. All right, everybody. Have a good night. In the meantime, go Kings. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.